Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Okay, so today we're going to be wrapping up our series, Help Wanted. We started this series back in like February. (laughs) And we're in July. How in the world are we like halfway through the year? I know. It's crazy. I mean, six months now. It's been like six months. And over the last six months, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about getting to know the Holy Spirit. Then we talked about how to hear from the Holy Spirit, um, understanding the works of the Holy Spirit. And then um, we had Pastor Nick share with us about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so good. It was. And then our last episode, episode 55, was understanding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have covered a lot of ground here. We absolutely have. Yeah. So today, what we're going to be talking about is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We all know what fruit is, right? Apples, bananas, oranges, Kiwis, I mean, even tomatoes are a fruit, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not the kind of fruit we're talking about. We're talking about biblical fruit, which means something very different. The Greek word in the Bible for fruit is karpov, and it means a result of something. This this is why it's so important to study the word, because when we talk about the fruit of spirit, we're not talking about watermelon. <laughs> We're talking about the results of having the Holy Spirit in our life. Absolutely. We're talking about the evidence of the Holy Spirit being in us. I think one of the most important questions we face in life is to what cause are we going to commit ourselves? In other words, what is going to be first in May? So before we jump in to talking about what the fruit of the Spirit is, I want to start off by saying what the fruit of the Spirit is for. It is for our character. And I personally believe that is first in main when it comes to this idea of living well, right? So the fruit of the Spirit is for our character. And we have to understand that our character is something that needs formation, or should I say transformation? Uh-huh. I like what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pretty good at it. That was good. I think most of us understand that in general, a person's character is influenced by all sorts of different things. It could be their inherited traits that they got from their mama or their daddy or you know their own history. And their upbringing. There could be good influences, bad influences. Society definitely shapes people's character. Um, The culture that you're brought up in, even the education that you receive. But what we're talking about today is coming from a Christian, you know, a Christian um, standpoint. So this transformation of character is evidence of having a relationship with Christ. So. We form our character, but Christ transforms 
her character. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So the development or the formation of godly character is the transformation that we're talking about. That is the goal of the Christian life. It's to be Christ-like. And this is the result of divine grace, which involves the implantation of a new nature into a believer. Apart from that, there's not going to be transformation or a becoming like Christ. So we believe as Christians that God gives us a new nature when we believe in Him. And that nature comes to us in seed form, and it needs cultivation. So before we talk about what the fruit of the Spirit is, we need to kind of go back just a little bit and look at what Galatians 4, 18 through 19 says, because the fruit of the Spirit is listed in Galatians 5. So Galatians 4, 18 through 19 says, but it is good, it is good, to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I'm present with you, my little children, Paul was speaking, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. This phrase, until Christ be formed in you, is extremely important because that phrase means until you have an outward manifestation of an inward experience. Basically, until the seed that was planted inside of you, that new nature, begins to manifest itself outwardly. Galatians 5 tells us what that outward manifestation looks like. It is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that we can all agree that we all want to have fruit of the Spirit, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I think we all want love and joy and peace and patience and all those Jesus-like qualities. So the question is, how do we get there? How do we get peace in our life? How do we get kindness in our life? We don't just wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to be peaceful today. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) good luck. (laughs) I mean, you can do that. And I think affirmations are great. But the minute you get stuck in traffic because there's a bad rainstorm and now you're like 45 minutes late to work, I would bet somewhere along there you kind of get to a place where you might lose a piece of your peace. (laughs) (laughs) That that was good. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, we can affirm ourselves, and that is a good practice, and we can do it all day long, but that is not how the fruit of the Holy Spirit works, not biblically. Um, The Bible tells us that a transformation happens through divine connection. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking, you are the branches, He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth uh, much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So you can positive think yourself, affirm yourself and all of that. But when we really talk about manifesting like a peace that doesn't get derailed by these inconveniences and all that kind of stuff, that's not going to come by us you know, in our own strength, in our, you know, own willpower, because it's supernatural. Fruitfulness is the result of having an active, connected relationship with God. 
through the Holy Spirit. And when we have this, John 15 tells us that there's going to be a spiritual progression that occurs in our life. We will um, produce fruit, but then we'll produce more fruit and eventually get to a place where we produce much fruit. It's really a picture of growth. Yeah. And it's good fruit. Absolutely. (laughs) I think that we all want these amazing qualities. And I think that, you know, we should desire these qualities, but there is a deeper purpose behind it all. What we don't want is that we become such a good person, right? Like, and I'm saying that in air quotes, good person, that we think that we are above others. We're not trying to do this on our own and be patient and kind and gentle and joyful so that we get approval from others so that we can look like we are a good person. Mm. You know, there is a major purpose behind all of this and it's not for selfishness. In fact, it means quite the opposite. The purpose, the main goal here, I think the mission is to always grow the kingdom. Mm. So the fruit of the Spirit helps provide godliness in our life. And these qualities help us to be more like Jesus. And I think that when we are more like Jesus, we become attractive to people that don't know Jesus. And these qualities, they help us create relationships with other people so that we are able to witness to them. We also become more attractive, I think, to people that do know Jesus, because through our actions, I think that we can help model and teach each other how we are to act. That's that's a great point. I think it is to the people that are in our world, the people that are, um, you know, believers amongst us, and certainly to the world that we interact with, um, even beyond our just closest circle, our husband, our wives, our families, and all of that. Um, The bottom line is the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of a mind and a heart that's being transformed, and that is attractive. I mean, who isn't drawn to a person who is loving and kind and gentle and yeah. patient and who exhibits self-control and is faithful to do what they say? I mean, this is what draws people to others. Who doesn't want to be around good people? Right. Right. <laughs> and Jesus was the greatest example. And I can't help but thinking about like that scripture that says, taste and see mm-hmm. that the Lord is good. Yeah. When we bear good fruit, we have the opportunity to give people a taste that God is good. Yeah. I used to um, love that song in church. It was like a, it's an older hymn too, uh-huh. Taste and See. And we used to sing that one in, um, in church. But I used to work with someone. And it was very evident that she was connected to God. Um, she was very active at her church. She read Bible, her Bible every day. She loved worship. And she, um, it, she was a hairstylist like me. She's retired now. But every single day that she would come to work, she would actually bring food. And she would bring food for the whole salon to eat. It was mm-hmm. amazing. She made the best firecracker shrimp And lentil soup. Like, I don't even like lentils. Yeah, I don't even like lentils. (laughs) That's not something like I would go home and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to have some lentil soup tonight. (laughs) But let me tell you, she made this lentil soup and it was divine. I mean, 
It was so good. And she would bring in big salads and breads and pesto pasta. Mm. That's the first time I learned about pine nuts and pesto pasta. Oh, come on. And I'm Italian. I grew up Italian. I should know this (laughs) stuff. (laughs) But like her food was really, really good. And sometimes she would bake and occasionally bring in cookies and pastries. Um, And the thing was, is she would also offer this food to her clients as well. We had like um, a microwave in our back break room and a toaster oven. Uh-huh. So a lot of times she would bring her food in and like have food being toasted in the oven and the whole salon would smell like a restaurant <laughs> sometimes. Oh, wow. It was just amazing. So um, she would say, though, that her cooking and bringing all this food was her ministry. Mm-hmm. This was her ministry work. And she was able to reach others through food. And I really believe that God gave her this special talent because... Ellen is an amazing cook Mm -hmm. and you can really feel her love in her food when you eat it. Like, have you ever had food like that Uh before? Made with love. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's just so delicious. And it's on a whole different level. And I can't, I can't even really describe it. I hope that I'm like painting the picture for you. So making me hungry. (laughs) That lentil soup. (laughs) Um, So through her cooking, through her food, she would connect with others and tell stories. And she would share her testimony about how faithful God is. And sometimes she would like recite scripture or explain Bible stories or parables. Like she had a way of putting all of this together uh-huh. in the salon with her clients. So good. It was amazing. And before you knew it, you had your hair done, you ate a good meal, and it was like you went to church all in the same <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> That is awesome. It was was beautiful. It was so cool. And it was just so evident that she had God in her life, that she was able to serve people this way. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I mean, that's just probably a good juncture to just take a minute. And for all of you listening, just ask yourself, um, who in your world do you have around you that when you think about them, it's just so evident Mm -hmm. that they are connected to God? Yeah. It's an awesome thought. I know I have several. Well, you know, I do think that it's important to talk about the difference that the scriptures kind of show us between a person who does have the Spirit of God operating in their life versus a person who is without the Spirit of God. The Bible paints a striking contrast between the characters of these types of individuals. Um, It describes in, in detail the nature of the flesh is how it's termed. And then we're told about the nature of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we actually, right there in the midst of talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Bible gives us a list of 17 different types of behaviors or actions a person without God's nature is likely to display or commit, if you will. And it says, let me read it to you. It says, now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. And I warn you, as I warned you before, 
those who do such things or practice, make a practice of such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is the result or the evidence of someone who lives according to their natural human nature. They either don't have the Spirit of God in them, or they might possibly have the Spirit of God in them, but they have quenched Him or they are no longer yielding to the Spirit of God in them. The fruit of the Spirit is the result or the evidence of someone who is yielding to their supernatural godly nature. And these two natures, the Bible says, are are absolutely opposed to one another. So two important words when we look at these passages in terms of contrast is the two words. One is works of the flesh, and the other is fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the work of the flesh, works speak of putting forth effort and laboring. Fruit, however, gives us a picture of something that uh, comes as a result of yielding to or drawing from or receiving. And this is so important to get as a believer. The new covenant is so different from the old covenant. The new covenant offers us a transforma- an inward transformation of character that comes through receiving and yielding to the Holy Spirit not painful striving. It's not about works. It's about fruit. I love that because I do believe that fruit is a byproduct of living a life surrendered to God. And I think it's really important that we don't focus on the fruit itself, but that we focus on God's spirit and that through his spirit, he will transform our character, just like you were saying. Absolutely. I think another thing to note is that works are plural and fruit is singular. Fruit is born out of our relationship with God, and it's only manifested by the Holy Spirit, who is one, right? We talked last time about how there's different gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it's from one Spirit. He manifests Himself differently through believers' lives, but all of it is coming from one and the same Spirit. The same thing. There are different graces or attributes that are manifested through the Spirit, but is supplied by this one Spirit the same. Yeah, that's really good. And it makes me think of Acts 4.31. You were talking about you know being filled with the Holy Spirit and um, being supplied by the same Spirit. Well, Acts 4.31 says, after the disciples prayed and were filled with the Holy Spirit, they preached. So they didn't just have a relationship with God. They, they were actively involved in their relationship with God, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they went out and preached. And this scripture actually makes me think of Ellen, who I just talked about, um, you know, this, this story I shared about her cooking food at the salon. You know, she she's a praying woman, and she knows her Bible, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she used that filling to go out and preach and make disciples. Mm. You know, she was growing the kingdom. She is growing the kingdom still. And she's encouraging others and pointing them to Jesus. And it makes a difference in other people's lives. And watching her do this, I mean, that has made a big difference in my life. I I mean, here I am talking about it because it was a big deal to me. So here's my point. 
we have been given this command to go out and make disciples, right? Yeah. To baptize and teach his ways. And we can only do that, though, if we have the fruit of the Spirit, because what credibility will we have if we are rude and impatient and mean and dishonest? You know, who wants to follow people like that? I mean, I don't. (laughs) So when we have the fruits, when we have love and we are joyful and we are peaceful and we have patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and and self-control, we have some credibility. Absolutely. When you said that, I was reminded of the days when I used to wait tables. Oh, yeah. And I was lost, okay? I mean, this was back in, you know, 16, 17 years old, 18. And I will never forget that, and my dad actually reminded me of this the last time I went home. We were having some conversation because he lives near this church. And every Sunday, I would be working, and this huge group of people from a particular church in my hometown mm-hmm. would come in to eat and they would always ask for me to wait on them. And so I would wait on them. I mean, I'm talking like 15, 17, 20 people. Okay. Oh, so you got a good tip then. <laughs> well, you would think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. They never tipped me. Oh. They would always ask for me. They never tipped me. They were nice and everything. But then they would try to talk to me about, you know, try to witness to me. Yeah. And I'm like, but they like <laughs> some <or> tip. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. It's kind of like that credibility. Yeah. My I was less open mm-hmm. to even receive what they were saying to me because of like their actions. They yeah. had words, but there was no actions to back it. That's a good story. Yeah. I mean, and not for you to not get tipped, but yeah, that makes a that's a great like way to put all this together and great example. Yeah, and I mean, I've talked to people over the years and it's kind of like that's something that people talk about Christians going out to eat and like not tipping mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, that's a terrible example. Yes. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're out there and you don't tip, come on. Right. <laughs> tip. Generosity. <laughs> the bottom line is this, a harvest of character will produce a harvest of souls. I believe if our motive isn't just to be a good person or to live a, you know, air quote, virtuous life, but it's to live a fruitful life, that testifies to the power of God available to living this, you know, picture that we painted of a transformed life, um, we are going to have credibility, just like you said. Makes me think of Proverbs 1130. It says, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. Think of a tree. When it's hot outside, you look for shade. A tree attracts people when the sun's beaming down. Um, Likewise, I think our lives can attract people uh, to the shade that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control offers in a really, really harsh world. I think when Christ's character is really accurately exemplified in our life, people are going to be drawn to him without question. Amen. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go through the fruit and talk about each one and kind of like break them down a little bit. Okay. But before we do that, I really... I read this really great example about the fruit of the Spirit, and I really want to share it because I think it's very good. And I read it from the YouVersion Bible app a while back, and it just really stuck with me. 
I I am a visual learner, so this was like right up my alley. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear it. I'm visual too. <laughs> Pick it. All right. So think of an orange. Again, this is a perfect example because it's a fruit and we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. So you have an orange and when you peel back its outer layer, you have several slices of oranges inside of it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, think of each slice as a characteristic that makes up the orange fruit. So when we are talking about the fruit of the spirit, there are nine different orange slices that we're going to be talking about today, but they all make up the same orange fruit. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. So um, I know it's good, right? It is good. <laughs> okay. So let's start off. You, talk- are, you are batting a hundred today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Okay, so let's start off by reading through them, and let's give just a basic definition of each one of them on a God level. Okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is love, and love is this ability to reach beyond yourself. It's sacrificial. Love is patient and kind, and it never gives up and never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. Love is what unites us. You know, we all have different gifts and we all come from different backgrounds, but we all have love. Love is what unites us. It creates harmony in our life. So then the second one is joy. I've got that joy, joy, joy down in, in my heart, heart. Down, down in my heart. Been singing that to Ruth. <laughs> yeah. And I if the, the devil pieces. doesn't like it, he could sit on attack. Ouch! <laughs> I haven't heard that part. You haven't? Yeah. We used to sing that in um, Sunday school. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but anyways, joy, joy comes from within. It's an inner feeling, whereas happiness is an outward expression. So joy is an enduring state of our soul. It's rooted in hope and positive perspective, regardless of our circumstances. It's the result of believing that everything's going to be okay. Everything is all right because God is not done with it yet. Mm. Good. So then we have peace. That's the third one. And peace is a special calmness, even in chaos, because it doesn't depend on your circumstances. It's a calm beyond circumstances, really. And it comes from an awareness that God is fully in charge and can turn anything bad to something meaningful. It's the result of like living in serenity with God and with others. And it's basically the natural result of knowing God is able. I love that. I think that's probably rooted in patience as well, which yes. is our next one. Um, you know, this comes from the Holy Spirit, expanding our ability really to live with the shortcomings of others. And there's a lot of them, right? Yes. Because naturally we're a mess. <laughs> so patience, this kind of, Um, fruit is this ability to live within the context of difficulties and get through them, even with pressing circumstances, without being overly annoyed or agitated or just showing intolerance. It's an incredible trait. Um, The next one is kindness. And this is really, I would say it's an elevated interest in those who are around us. And the bottom line is, it is only the overflow of God's kindness to us. So once we encounter God's kindness, then we begin to understand, you know, what it means to think beyond ourselves and to actually 
look out for somebody else, especially somebody that doesn't deserve it. Oh, yes. Even our enemies. That's why it's supernatural. And oftentimes when we talk about, you know, displaying kindness like this, God level kindness, it's going to come with personal sacrifice and at a cost to us. Yeah. And then, you know, goodness. I think this one probably is the most revealing because in a way it means godness. Ah, so, I like yeah. that. Come on. <laughs> yes. I got a score on the board. Yeah, she did. Think about acts that are just pure, pure in essence. This is the ability to do the best thing for the best reasons. You know, it's not motivated out of the wrong, um, for wrong reasons. And the only one who is good is God. Mm-hmm. God is good. So these are acts that are God-authored, God-sustained. And when you do them, they'll probably shock you. Yes. <laughs> You're like, wow, I really just did that? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the seventh one is faithfulness. And faithfulness is a complete dependability, reliability, and loyalty. It's really the opposite of how we are like, built naturally. Naturally, we are emotional and up and down and we lose steam and we give up a lot. But faithfulness is choosing to be true to our word and then following through with our promises. And then we have gentleness. That's the eighth one. And this is akin to softness. It's kindness and goodness. And it has the additional quality of strength under divine control. It comes from a desire to put other people at peace. Mm. And being gentle is really not being weak. Right. It takes a lot of strength to be gentle. A whole lot of strength. And then the last one, self-control. Now, this fruit is really important because otherwise, we will enslave ourselves to just natural drives and appetites, and that just ruins our testimony. You know, by nature, we are driven by selfishness and passions and impulses. So self-control is not letting our circumstances cause us to lose control. That's a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, but just like step back and think about that. Think of yourself in your life right now. If you were... Um, to allow the Spirit of God to fill you and flow through you and manifest His love to others, to walk around with a joy that is deep, that isn't, you know, you know, affected by the circumstances where just whatever is going on, you were that person who just maintained peace. And even when things were not going your way and people were like taxing your nerves and like you stayed patient, even under like immense pressure and were the person who demonstrated kindness in those situations and kind of went over and above and were just, you know, good. Mm -hmm. Thinking about that lady just coming and bringing all of that stuff and giving to people. I mean, that's just sheer goodness, you know, Um, and stayed faithful. You're a person of your word. If you said you were going to do it, you did it. All, all of these things, gentleness, self-control. What a testimony. What a evidence of God's spirit being not only in your life, but in control of your life. What, I mean, how, don't you see how that 
stands in such stark contrast to the interactions that we have with most people. I mean, people have lost their ever-loving minds <laughs> these days. And like, if you look at that, I mean, you don't see self-control. You don't see a lot of gentleness. You don't see a lot of faithfulness. There's a lack of goodness, a lack of kindness and patience. I mean, we were just driving down the road the other day. I mean, it was like hardly anything. Mm -hmm. And the light churned and wasn't even like half a millisecond. And the person, you know, behind like honking their horn and then somebody jumping out of their car and going beating on the window. And it's, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, People don't have peace. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of joy. You go into the supermarkets, you're interacting with people, and there's just this angst. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. And people certainly aren't demonstrating love. I mean, they're cutting you off. They want to be the first in line. All these things. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know, so you know, just to bring it in and, you know, I, I think we're going to wrap up. I want to leave us just with a, a few thoughts, but first with a question. And if this is the fruit of the Spirit, like you started out with, this is the result. This is the evidence of the Holy Spirit um, in the life of a person. Have you done a fruit check or a test on yourself lately? You know, the Bible says if a tree is good, it will produce good fruit. In other words, there is going to be an outward expression of God kind of stuff all over your life. And the reality is the condition or the health of a tree is revealed by what it produces. A good tree, good fruit, bad tree on the inside produces bad fruit. So we can tell a lot about what is actually happening inside of an individual's heart and mind by what we see on the outside. Yeah. So true. That's good. It is true. And Matthew 3, 8 says... Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. So in other words, do your actions match your words? Are you um, walking your talk? <laughs> and I think that fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life when our words line up with our actions. I mean, it just does. There should be a definite change in our behavior as we deny the desires of our flesh and begin to be led more and more by the Holy Spirit. You know, later in uh, Matthew, um, I think it's chapter seven, Matthew actually teaches about the fruit in people's lives. And he tells us to beware of false prophets. He says that we can identify them by their fruit, and that is by the way they act. Yeah, so I just think it's a good place for all of us to self-assess. If we were to stack up the fruit of the Spirit that we just described and the works of the flesh— where are we? Yeah. You know, are, is our behavior, do we find that, that, that it's more uh, in the flesh? Or are we seeing more and more? You know, we should produce fruit, mm -hmm. then more fruit, and then much. much fruit. You know, where are you on that continuum? Um, can people really see a night and day difference in you? Can they see the result of the Holy Spirit? in your life and the, you know, the effect that he's had on your life. Can they see the Holy Spirit in your character? Bottom line is fruit is the best indicator of the Holy Spirit's presence and control in an individual's life. The bottom line is it is not normal for a person 
on their own to possess the fruit that we mentioned. It's just not because it's supernatural. And we're not defining those things by worldly standards. We're talking about traits the way the Bible defines them. And we could have gone into super in-depth words of you know, what the Greek word is for this and that. And we, we may end up doing that. We may do some additional podcasts on each specific one. But when we're defining things the way the Bible defines them, it's just not normal or possible to portray these types of traits and character apart from the Holy Spirit. And what I think is probably of everything that we said today, I want to kind of bring it down to this point, is that I think a lot of times when we read these things, we look at it kind of as a to-do list. Like as a Christian, I need to, I need to um, be more loving, more kind, you know, all of these things. And then we like make a to-do list and we're like, okay, let's start with love. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write some thank you cards. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to work on being more, you know, loving. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's kind of the backwards approach. I think it's important to remember this is not a list of to-dos. It's a, it's a to-be list. Mm -hmm. And the only way to be any of these things is by being in intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, connected to Jesus. An apple tree doesn't struggle to produce apples. It just is what it is. And we are not going to behave like God apart from God. It is completely out of our natural nature. We are selfish by nature. It's just it's just a fact. Just who we are. It's just who we are. So if we are producing these character traits, then it's a clear indicator that God's Spirit is working in us. And obviously, as we examine others, in them or not. So our first and main focus is to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. We started this entire series about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the works, the, the gifts, the fruit. This is all about Him. So if there's a problem with the fruit, then we just go back to the root. Because if the root is right, then the fruit is going to come naturally and it's going to be good. Oh my goodness, you've said so many good things today. If there's a problem with the fruit, go back to the root. I love that. And I love that you said earlier that the fruit of the Spirit is not a to-do list. It is a to-be list. That was awesome too. Um, Well, Rick Warren says that, Every problem is a character-building opportunity. And so when meditating on God's Word, especially the fruit of the Spirit, keep in mind that none of us are perfect. So these Jesus-like qualities, they won't come easy. So we want to encourage you to seek God and ask Him to help you grow and develop His fruit. You know, we gave you a lot of scriptures today. So go back and read them for yourself and study them and learn about them and practice them. But remember that they will challenge us because we are choosing to deny our flesh and feed our spirit instead. And that isn't an easy thing to do without Jesus. So when we honor and please the Lord, our lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while, we will grow as we learn to know God better and better. And that's Colossians 1.10. As always, thank you so much for meeting us here at First and Main, your avenue to living well.